You have found the Run Around Iowa, the podcast that's dedicated to news and interviews with the athletes, coaches, and personalities who are making headlines in college cross country, track and field, road running, trail running, and triathlon in the state of Iowa. And now from the home office in Clive, here is your host, Lance Bergeson. I guess today is a three-time North American championship winner who has won five Ironman titles and five Ironman 70.3 wins in his eight-year pro career. He owns the record for the fastest marathon off the bike at 234.40 at Ironman Texas in 2018. It was at that race that he was recognized as having the fastest Ironman ever uh, up to that point, which was a 739.25. This Buena Vista grad returns to race in Des Moines for the first time in six years in the Ironman Des Moines event, which serves as the North American Championships this year. Welcome to the program, Matt Hansen. Hello, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a thrill to have you here. Um, you've got uh, probably the best credentials of uh, any of my guests that I've had, so I'm excited to have you. Excited you're, you're back in Des Moines racing. Um, it'll, yeah. it'll be fun to watch you race. Yeah, definitely excited to uh, to race Des Moines. I was hoping to be able to do it last year when it was a 70.3 there, but unfortunately, I had a bit of an injury that I was dealing with at the time and had to uh, pull off the start list. Right. You had that uh, meniscus injury. You kind of fought through it for quite a while, made it all the way up to the Collins Cup, that prestigious international team event. Um, in August, and then and then you just you, you said that was that, that was it. Um, that was that was all you could do. Uh, having the surgery in September. Yeah, yeah. I basically uh, had a bit of a setback during that race, a, another one, and so had to make the decision after the you know the World Championships in Kona had been uh, kicked at, at that point to February. So. I uh, made the decision then to get it fixed. So I wasn't, uh, you know, I was at first fighting just to get to the start line on the world champs. But uh, since that, that race was kicked, I, I uh, made it easier to, uh, to go ahead and have surgery earlier. Yeah. In, in a lot of respects, 2021 was kind of a lost year for you um, in, in some respects. So you got to be motivated this year. Um, and you're coming off a great performance three weeks ago at um, another North American Championships runner-up at Chattanooga. In the yeah, yeah. Uh, last year definitely uh, wasn't the year that I had hoped it would be. Coming off of a really strong end to 2020, um, finishing second at a huge race in Daytona, I, I really thought I had a lot of good momentum on my uh, yeah. tailwinds. Uh, behind me, but uh, yeah, it just didn't work out that way. And so I uh, had to deal with some injuries, unfortunately, and, and got back and finished the year with a decent performance at Daytona uh, with, you know, kind of short turnaround after the surgery. Um, but yeah, that kind of set me on the track for this year. Um, I've had a couple good performances and one I would kind of like a redo on, but that's all right. Um, hopefully uh, the best ones are yet to come this year still. What happened at St. George, uh, Utah? That was two weeks before uh, the one in Chattanooga. Um, you were 13th there. Um, was yeah. it just kind of rust buster? Was it just kind of getting no. the thing going? No, to be honest, I I am still scratching my head a little bit on that one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I went down to Chile and raced down there and 
had a had a good performance and and uh, came second in in the kind of the rust buster race for the year leading into uh i guess saint george was the 2020 and 2021 ironman world championships that had just yeah. been kicked down the can or kicked down the line uh and so i had a great build going into that and thought things were right on track and um yeah i had a great swim and the power on the bike was there, but, um, it, you know, the, the drag numbers that, you know, when we analyzed the race afterwards, the drag numbers were just way off and, you know, not even in the ballpark of where they were in Chile or in, uh, in Chattanooga, you know, two weeks later. So, uh, you know, I honestly have no idea what the deal was. It, it, you know, it didn't sound like a break was rubbing, but that's kind of what the, uh, the performance was, you know, looked like. So, you know, I had a sale on me in some way, shape or form, and I, I haven't quite figured out what exactly that was. Cause I, you know, if I would have put those power numbers out any other race, you know, there's no way I would have been losing, you know, 15 minutes to, to, to some of the other guys. And I was able to claw my way back a little bit on the run and, and put together the third fastest run overall, which, you know, shows that the engine was there it was just something was off on the day uh on the bike and i i yeah i'm, I'm hoping to not have to deal with that one again and you can't even you can't even say it's, it's altitude because now you live at altitude you've been at castle rock um colorado for was it three years now is it no just just uh, uh just under two so i two. moved out here in september two. of 2020 okay. um end of september so yeah we're we're settled in, I guess. And yeah, I mean, we're definitely wasn't an issue. You know, I went down 3000 feet to race in St. George. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The altitude should not have been the problem and we won't have any altitude here on Sunday. Um, you, you said in your YouTube uh, channel that you were had some personal uh, issues to race here. Is it just because, you know, you, uh, you did go to Buena Vista and Storm Lake. Um, you lived in Storm Lake. Um, area for several years during your formative uh pro career um is it just racing back in des moines just supporting this event um yeah definitely i mean i was still living in in iowa when iron man started uh started talking about or when when the bid was being put in to try to get uh, an iron man there in des moines and so you know i tried to do a little bit on my end to make sure that that happened. And uh, while the whole process was taking place, I ended up moving away and kind of lost that, the ability to help out a little bit since I didn't live locally anymore. But yeah, I mean, definitely um, great to, to see the race back in Iowa. And, um, you know, obviously Hy-Vee uh, was a huge race at, in, you know, at a few points, it was the biggest prize purse that uh was offered in triathlon when when that was in des moines and so that kind of faded away and so it's great to see another high profile race come in and and uh take that place again um but also you know it's an easy race for family and and friends to get to uh, my sister is racing my wife's racing my both my parents will be there and and so that's always a little bit more fun when uh they can get there and uh and see me race as well have they, do they uh, typically not see you race? They, they can't make it to many races then? Yeah, I mean, my, my parents, you know, both were able to get out to St. George and, and uh, they've, they've made it out to Kona uh, a, a few times. Um, but obviously, that's, they're, those are really expensive trips. And so uh, it, it makes it 
a lot easier on them and a lot less stress on me knowing that they didn't, you know, they get to just drive an hour to get there or a couple hours to get there rather than, you know, went to a lot of expense to get there. Um, so, yeah. And, um, and there's a lot of uh, islands in, in the pro field. It's going to be exciting for me reporting from this event. You've got Leslie Smith, who you always, uh, you know, bump into a lot of these Ironman events. Um, she's in the women's field along with uh, a transplant here, Jessica Smith. Um, she's in Clive, uh, yep. the women. And then um, a guy I just uh, uh, interviewed, Carson Christian. Uh, Kristen, I just put uh, the podcast up with him today. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's been an international traveler. And yep. then uh, Tyson Whelan, who's uh, making his debut with the, uh, with the uh, full Ironman. So a lot of Iowa ties here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's definitely been a, a bigger history than most people would think, you know, I was not really considered to be the hotbed of triathlon, but, uh, obviously you've got TJ from there, um, to boom from, from their original or has ties there. Justin Metzler, uh, has ties there as well. So, yeah, there's, there's been a, a, a fair amount of, of pros come through Iowa at one point or another. It's too bad we won't see TJ. He pretty much retired at this yep. event last year. So, yeah, I'm uh, sure he'll be there. Uh, yeah, yeah be but, but not on the race side. But not on the race side. So, um, uh, But uh, it's still, uh, like I said, a lot of uh, Iowa ties here. Um, when you raced here six years ago, you were uh, battling TJ for that win at that um, um, Bill Burke event, uh, yep. the Des Moines Triathlon. At that time, I, I really had my doubts whether a big uh, triathlon event was ever to come back to Des Moines. So I was really thrilled to see Ironman come in. Um, I just, I just had a, just didn't have a good feeling after Hy-Vee pulled out. Did you kind of feel that way too? That um, that the triathlon scene was unfortunately fading away here in Des Moines. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, a tough kind of, you know, tough time. The Olympic distance really struggled there for a little bit. And so I guess it wasn't too much of a surprise to see uh, the funding for that race go away. Uh, and, you know, Bill stepped up and tried to, tried to make it happen, but it just, you know, wasn't, uh, wasn't getting the popularity that it needed to be economically viable, I guess. And so, um, but I, you know, I think there's been a little bit of a resurgence, especially in the long distance um races and so we're seeing you know some more races especially come to the midwest i mean we've got tulsa that just added a race as well and sure. um uh ohio has a relatively new race and so you know there's some races that are are coming to the area i think it's a region that that needs to have a few big races and yeah i was really happy to see to see des moines get the bid and you've got uh, you typically um uh, enter uh, events that uh, that are very competitive, um, where you're not always the favorite, but but you've got the number one bib um, <laughs> this Sunday. Uh, Cameron Worth of Australia is probably your your primary uh, challenger. Um, what do you think about being uh, kind of the one that everybody's going to be uh, looking out for? I mean. You know, having a, a bib, no, uh, you know, bib number one is definitely an honor, but it, it means nothing once the race starts. Uh, you've got to go out and prove it. Um, 
you know, yeah, Cameron is, is, you know, definitely strong. Uh, we, we battled a little bit at the world championships and, um, and, you know, but I, I wouldn't count out Tim. I, I train a lot with Tim O'Donnell and uh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, coming back from, from some health issues uh, that happened last year. And, um, you know, he's definitely in a great place uh, overall training wise. So I, I absolutely wouldn't count him out. You know, you've got, you know, Jesper as well, um, who's going to be trying to to get off the front early on. He's a, a really good swimmer and a strong cyclist. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the race dynamics can play out in a number of different ways. And, you know, the weather will certainly be a factor if, if uh, we decide to get one of those humid days, um, then then that could change things a little bit. If uh, the winds, you know, there's no no hiding from the wind once you get out of town. So that that will be definitely a, a factor. And so, yeah, I mean, there's there's, you know, probably six, seven guys on the start list that, you know, could be considered uh, in contention for the, for the win. And, you know, I've certainly been uh, a person at a race who's not been considered and, and had that kind of breakthrough performance and came away with a, with a win as well. So you can never count anybody out and you got to show up and perform on race day. The spring has been very windy in Iowa and it's a, and it's a kind of a Kona course because you're out and back. Um, and, um, and you're coming all the way to winter set. So like you said, there is no hiding from that wind. If you get a tough uh, wind day, it could be tough. Um, you worried about that or more about the uh, high of 80 that's expected on, on Sunday? Uh, I, I mean, definitely one of the reasons that I went there is, is or that I decided to race. I've already got my Kona slot, so I don't need to do another full. Um, I, I definitely decided to uh, do this race in part um, to, you know, get to get another opportunity to, uh, uh, get a run through with my, uh, nutrition plan for a, or a warmer and humid race. And so, you know, I'm, okay. you know, I, I'm, I'm all, all for it being a little bit hotter, you know, even if it, if it hurts the overall performance, it's, it's another opportunity to, uh, to test out what I need to do for, for Kona, which, you know, obviously is the place where all my major goals in the sport lie. What's a challenge with a, you have a 5.30 start on Sunday. What's the biggest challenge uh, starting that early for you? Uh, are you, uh, are you liking that start time? Well, the biggest challenge is coming, coming from the West. So that's 4.30 my time. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, earlier start means you're, you're spending a little bit less time in the heat of the day, um, which has pros and cons, uh, but you know, it's, it's the same for everybody. So it's just, uh, yeah, be a pro and deal with it, I guess. Well, you mentioned that you want to get, uh, that automatic spot for the Collins cup. That's kind of the big money, uh, event now. That's the one that everybody wants to, uh, compete in instead of high V now, uh, things have really changed in the, in the, uh, pro triathlon world. I mean, challenge Daytona, well, it's now clash Daytona. They, they, that was just a big, big money event in 2020. They basically, the PTO, uh, the pro triathlon organization basically pooled most of the funding that they were going to spend on races throughout the year and put it all into that, that one event. And so that was more of a one-off thing, but, but what they're doing this year is, you know, they're really trying to mimic uh, the golf world where they're trying to create or golf and tennis, I guess, where they're trying to create majors. And so this year they're going to have two majors. One is the Canadian Open, and that is in July. And then they'll have the U.S. Open 
in um, in September. And so those are kind of the the highly coveted races right now. Um, and then the Collins Cup is kind of a you know is obviously similar to the Riders Cup in golf, uh, where yeah. you have you know teams competing against you know so it's a one v one v one kind of race. Um, but eventually they're going to have a total of four majors and then, uh, the Collins cup. So there'll be, you know, there'll be, um, four, you know, four big opportunities to, to go and, and, you know, represent yourself and represent your, your region in, uh, on a big stage. The, the, the PTO kind of created their own, own distance. You know, they felt that Ironman, uh, you know, when people say 70.3 or, or a full, they think Ironman and they wanted to kind of be a separate brand. And so it's, it's a, you know, a total of a hundred K. Um, so it's a little bit shorter than a 70.3 even. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it doesn't translate well into miles, but it's, it's basically, you know, a, a 1.2 mile swim still, uh, with a, um, uh, about a 50, mile 51 mile bike and then 11 mile run give or take okay okay and so the so swim is a little bit proportionately longer yeah so um how does that why does that factor in with you uh do you um are you looking to um transition that direction then um oh yeah i mean you ha i mean when they're putting yeah, those kind of prize purses there you you definitely have to. to be on those start lines so um yeah. it, you know the only the top 40 people ranked in the world, uh, get an automatic bid. And so, um, yeah, I mean, if I get, a, a, you know, when I get the invitations, I'll definitely be there. So I'm, I'm absolutely planning on racing the Canadian open in July and the U S open here in uh, September in Texas. Okay. Well, you've done really well in Texas. Um, you won the three titles down there, uh, including that, uh, like I said, that run course that you set, um, um, what was it, was it, what was it that was so successful about racing down there? Um, was it the heat you, you did well down there? I mean, yeah, I, I used to be, I used to perform really well in the heat and in 2015, it was an absolutely miserably hot day. That was when I won my first race there. And it, you know, that day was really a survival, you know, who was left, uh, left standing at the end, um, kind of day. And, and I was, I guess, let, the one that was able to run on for the last 10 K instead of hang on, uh, for dear life. And so came out on top there. And then, you know, I went back in 2016 and, uh, was sitting running third and ended up uh, passing out with two miles to go with heat stroke. And that's definitely uh, affected me long-term. Um, it's, it's taken a long time to try to be able to perform in the heat and I've had to change a lot of things and, and really, you know, really go back and you know my sweat rate went from like two and a half pounds an hour to to over eight in hot and humid conditions so i'm losing a gallon of sweat an hour so uh, i've had to do things very differently and and uh you know slowly work on trying to to get that number back down but um you know so again that's a little bit of the reason that i'm going to uh to iowa here this weekend um but yeah i mean texas was a place that always felt comfortable to me. I spent a lot of time training, uh, there, uh, I would spend a few weeks in January and then, you know, just had a lot of good positive, uh, um, results there. And so it was an easy place to go and, and know a lot of people and be comfortable in the area. So it just kind of removed a lot of that pre-race stress. 
it's a fairly quick turnaround from from Chattanooga, the 70.3. Um, besides the, the, the obvious uh, that you have sore muscles and everything like that, uh, what's the what's the biggest challenge um, turning around and such a big effort this weekend getting ready for that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, everybody thinks about it from a physical component, but, you know, the amount of mental focus and energy that it takes to, uh, to, you know, put yourself deep into the well and, you know, go to that kind of dark place that is kind of yeah. scary to go to sometimes, it takes a lot. And, you know, I raced the world championships and then two weeks later raced in Chattanooga and, you know, another two weeks later, three weeks, you know, two weeks later, I'm racing in uh, Des Moines. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, the body is, is in a good spot. I'm, I'm feeling, uh, pretty good overall, definitely starting to feel the, the effects of being deep into a build. Um, and, you know, trying not to think too much about the, uh, the week off that I'll have after Des Moines yet, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's required me to unplug a little bit after Chattanooga and, and, um, you know, try to just, you know, do what I need to do to, to mentally, uh, relax a little bit as well. And, and, um, you know, so I haven't really thought, spent too much time thinking about this race yet. Um, I'm, I'm trying to push that off a little bit later so I can, you know, allow the, the headspace to kind of relax a little bit for, for, uh, I guess the two weeks that I've, I've been since Chattanooga. And so now once uh, I start, once I get into Iowa, I'll spend a little bit more time analyzing the course and, and doing the, the things that I need to do to mentally prepare for the day as well. What's uh, I've got a lot of runners who follow this podcast. What's the, uh, who might not be familiar a lot with, with triathlons. What's the kind of the, the buildup that you've had uh, from Chattanooga? What do you, what's your, uh, typical day of, of working out what does it look like um, yeah, yeah whatever coach says <laughs> um yeah i i personally like racing two weeks apart rather than three because if you do it two weeks apart you really don't have to do that all that much in between you can just kind of focus on moving the body well uh for the first five or six yeah. days and then do two or three hard workouts um between and then taper up, taper into the race. When you have three, three workouts or three weeks between races, you've got to do a little bit more. So the first week I took pretty, or the first, I guess, four or five days I took pretty light. And then I, I definitely had a big weekend last weekend. Uh, and then two or three hard, you know, my, so I guess Saturday, Sunday were, were pretty tough days. I did a um, 120 mile ride a week ago, Saturday with a runoff and the, and the open water swim beforehand. And then on Sunday I had, um, a 20 mile, 21 mile run in the morning and then a second run in the afternoon that was about, you know, over 10 K as well. Um, and then Monday was a lighter day. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday were, were pretty tough days. And then Friday was a lighter day. And then, uh, yeah, Saturday was another swim bike run pretty, pretty tough session, but it was a little bit shorter. And then, uh, Sunday, I guess was a 12 mile total run, which wasn't too, too bad at, um, one, a couple miles in there were pretty tough, but, but now we'll, uh, we'll start to back off a little bit and, and try to unload some of the fatigue that I had to work to accumulate and, and sharpen up for race day. 
that's a that's a lot of work. Uh, I'm I'm impressed. You uh, you kind of talked about going to that deep dark place. What's the toughest grind you've ever had in a race where you just had to had to go, yeah, dig into that well and and really just to even get to the finish line. What's been the toughest triathlon that you've done? Uh, I mean, there's been multiple times where I've I've gone there or gone as as deep as I possibly could and sometimes it doesn't work out very well when 2016 I was definitely there I was running in third and I could see second about 20 seconds up the road with uh two miles or yeah two miles to go and and uh I thought yeah I have one more push in me and my body or my mind said yes but my body said no and I just passed out um so, you know, that from a, you know, that's probably the, the deepest that I went and, it, you know, didn't get a favorable result, but, uh, you know, in 2018 at Ironman, Texas, I definitely, uh, was, was in that area as well, you know, for a large portion of the run where I was battling with, uh, Ivan Tatukin from Russia. Um, I passed him about a quarter mile into the into the marathon and he decided to sit in my back pocket for the next 25 miles. And so, um, yeah, that was, it just took a lot of, a lot of focus and it took a long time to recover from that one mentally afterwards. I finally, uh, finally got the, the elastic to break with about a half mile to go there. Um, you know, in Daytona in 2020, when I got off the bike in you know, 22nd place and ran up to second, um, at that kind of, huge event culminating the end of a really bad year of 2020 um for for not for me personally but for everybody um that definitely took a lot out of me as well and and it's no secret that um your you know your best uh, uh leg is the run um you own several course records at events and i already mentioned you own the best marathon coming off the bike of 23440 um, what is it about, um, what is it about your, your strategy, uh, trying to stay close, uh, to the run that, yeah, I mean, you, you've got to use the tools that you have available. And obviously I'm always working on, on developing, uh, the swim and I've come a long way since I started my pro career in that, that front, but, uh, the, you know, every, every advancement I make, it seems like, uh, the entire sport is advancing as well. It's just, uh, the swim has changed so much uh, since I started my pro career. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, you, you definitely have courses that you have to go in with a different strategy. There, there's times where I'll, I'll go in, you know, specifically trying to overbike and, and um, you know, there's other times where maybe like Chattanooga, where if you're hanging in with the group on the run, then, you just have to trust that that your run legs are going to be there and be able to uh, to do the work for you. And so, um, you know, usually, yeah, the run is where where I've uh, I guess made my living. But um, there's certainly been races where um, you know I've had a a bike that surprised a lot of people and was more kind of hanging on on the run rather than uh, running away from people. You see. Um... Sunday's race. How do you see it shaking out? I definitely, uh, I'll, I'll have my work cut out for me for sure. Oh, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the way that, you know, you've got Tio and uh, Jesper who swim really well. And if they're able to get some separation, uh, from the group, uh, Tio rides really well as also as, as does Jesper. So 
you know, I think those two can definitely work together a bit on the bike and, and try to hold everybody off. And then obviously you've got uh, Cam Worf, who's a pro cyclist riding for Team Enios. So, uh, you know, I, I don't plan on uh, trying to go with him if I come out of the water in front of him. That would be kind of a suicide mission. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I definitely anticipate I'll have, have some work to do on the run. And, and that's, that's all right. I think I've got the run legs to do it. So fans coming down, uh, make sure you uh, get around to the, the run leg uh, toward the toward the finish. Be around there because it could come down to the end. Could be an exciting finish. Yeah, I mean, it, I think the 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 sport needs that. It needs a lot of close races. We've had a lot more and more of them as as you know everybody seems to be elevating their game and and uh, yeah. So anytime you get exciting finishes or where there's late late in the race passes, it makes it, you know, a long day, a lot easier to watch when you've got some excitement going on at the tail end. Well, your last race, you were just trailing uh, Jason West. You were just, uh, just right close enough that you could see him, but you just couldn't reel him in there. Um, you had, a, you had a, an impressive half marathon. Um, yeah. Jason ran really well. And, you know, as he always does. So um, I guess that was part of uh, a faulty strategy of mine. I knew I didn't, have my run legs a hundred percent, um, going, going, uh, into the race coming, you know, being two weeks post, uh, Ironman. Um, you know, I, I felt fine on the flats and the uphills, but couldn't run downhill at all. And obviously mm. Chattanooga is a, uh, has a lot of hills. And so, you know, thinking back, I probably needed to be one of the guys that was pushing the pace and trying to shake him out, out of the bike group, um, instead of, you know, kind of just being happy to be in the group, but, uh, yeah, that's why you uh, run the race and you try to learn from it after the fact. Did you learn something um, uh, trying to, I guess, um, go a little bit too hard on the bike to catch up with the group? Uh, is that something that, um, I mean, you, you, you kind of paid for it there a little bit. Um, no, I mean, that was definitely the right decision. Um, okay. I, you know, if, if you look at the results and there's nobody um, in the top five that wasn't in that first group. So, you know, you just, you have to be there. And, uh, you know, the, yeah, I, I had a, you know, that, that all was set up by kind of a, a slower transition and first mile for me. And so I, you know, that, that's where the mistake was made. It wasn't, uh, in chasing the group, it was not, uh, not holding on. Uh, you know, I was on the back of the swim, swim pack, uh, but I, you know, so I was in the front group, but I was in the back of the front group and uh you got popped off you know a couple guys got popped off the back early on on the ride and you know i was in the back of that group and so i had to work you know by myself to get back up to the group and and so again it's just kind of shows the importance of positioning and uh, always being aware of what's going on okay and you mentioned ashley is competing she's done some some triathlons you've uh gone with her to the various uh, triathlons around the world uh, how's how's she looking for this race yeah, she's, she's just excited to race in Iowa. You know, she, she grew up, um, in Fort Dodge. So, uh, this is really her hometown race, I guess. And, um, yeah, so she's excited to be there and be racing and, uh, again, have family and friends that'll be out there supporting. She just did Ironman Texas, uh, this spring as well. So, you know, I don't know that she's looking for, uh, for fireworks to happen or anything like that, but, uh, yeah, definitely enjoys being out there. I'm sure she'll do well in her age category. Um, 
So um, what would it mean to you to, to win this race? Uh, come back to Des Moines. Um, what would it mean for you personally? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, winning in, in Iowa would be great. Winning in front of my family would be great. Uh, it, it, it would be, you know, a fourth North American title, which which, uh, you know, wouldn't suck at all. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been almost two, over two years since I've uh, broke the tape. So uh, yeah. looking to end that streak finally, um, you know, every year up till uh, 2020, I guess I've had, um, I've had a win on my, my season and uh, you know, didn't get one last year. And uh, this year I'm basically only racing championship races. I'll race the Canadian championships, U S championships, North American championships and the world championships. And that's kind of my season. And so, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I put myself, uh, in, you know, in big races because that's, you know, again, I think what I need to help, um, spring springboard my chances for the world championships in Kona, but, um, obviously it comes with a little bit of risk in not getting the results that I need as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it would kind of validate that things are on track as well for for what I need to do in October. I'm surprised you haven't done well, uh, better at Kona. Um, but it is a race where you do need experience. You do uh, have to have gone through it a few times. You feel like this is uh, kind of the year to, to really uh, uh, make some hay there in uh, in Hawaii, really have a have a top five finish. Yeah, definitely. I haven't, uh, haven't performed well at the world championships and, uh, that's kind of been a, a thorn in my side. Uh, I, I perform, <laughs> unfortunately my best performances there, not time-wise, but just relative to where I should have finished came, uh, as an age grouper. And so I need to yeah. definitely need to rectify that. And, you know, every, you know, every year that I've gone there and, and not done what I needed to do, I've, I've learned from it. And so, trying to just make changes and and adapt the way that I'm preparing for that race and you know like I said that's where all of my major goals in the sports are sport lie and so uh definitely gonna go there in October and and try to make the next step forward I'm sure you've scouted out uh, the Des Moines course um anything tricky about it anything that you're looking at and going hmm this is part of the course where I really have to be have to be on my uh on my game here yeah, the swim is going to be very interesting. We we get out of the water twice. Oh, we get out during the swim. We do two laps, and you know have to run across the sandbar on uh, on both laps. And uh, obviously, on the second lap, we'll have quite a bit of age group traffic that we're swimming around. So definitely, it's going to be a different experience getting out and getting back in multiple times in a race. Every time you do that, you go from basically being prone to vertical to prone again, and and you're your heart rate goes through the roof as soon as you stand up um, because all of a sudden it's, it's got to fight gravity to get the, the blood to your brain again. And so that'll be a, a you know, an important point of the race where um, you know, you don't know how you're going to feel uh, especially on the second time through on that spot and then just staying focused. And, you know, if you're on good feet, keeping them as you kind of got to steer around the, the age groupers who are, who are on their first loop still. Let's talk about this YouTube channel. You got uh, four and a half thousand subscribers. You do a great job with uh, with uh, with your videos. You have a you have a person who uh, goes to the Ironman events and 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 records footage for you that you've got. Um, it's really well done. Um, 
that, that's another thing on your plate that you kind of juggle um, along with your coaching. You do some coaching. Talk about those uh, uh, things that you do as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, I'm I've been fortunate to be able to to generate a, a fair amount of sponsor support, and um, you know, I've been able to use my education and background uh, as a professor to to you know create an audience that is looking for information on the brands that I that I support or on topics, you know, different topics, and so the the YouTube channel I originally started as more of a um, just kind of talking about the science behind different topics and, you know, also to try to raise awareness on some of the marketing gimmicks that are out there and, and, uh, you know, claims that are being made that aren't factual. Um, and, you know, it's kind of evolved to doing that in part, but also kind of chronicling the day in the life, uh, of, you know, training. So, you know, I put out a video every week leading into the world championships and then obviously a post-race video there. And yeah, it's, uh, not something that I've been the, you know, I, I'm the most comfortable doing. I, I don't know, uh, you know, when I was before triathlon, I didn't have a social media presence at all. Um, and now it's a, a large portion of my job, but, but I've uh, accepted that, I guess. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously it, it helps um, advertise for the coaching side of things as well, um, which you know, the coaching side of things is, you know, once I decided to take triathlon full time, um, the coaching filled the void that the classroom used to fill. And, you know, I, I love mm. teaching and I loved working at, uh, at BV, but, um, you know, yeah, it was, I, I needed to be able to look back on my career and know if I had what it takes or had what it took to be a world champion. And I don't think I could have done that and given it a, a legitimate shot if I was trying to just moonlight as a, as a pro triathlete rather than make it my full-time gig. And so made the tough decision to walk away from, from being a professor of exercise science. And so the coaching uh, component of that has really helped um, you know, keep that side of the brain engaged and I guess justify the eight years of, of school that I paid for. It's astounding that to me that you were winning Ironman races, you know, living in the, living in you know, Storm Lake, Iowa, Alta, Iowa, um, not being in altitude. Um, it, it's a real credit to you that you were able to be that successful. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it worked for me at that point in the career anyways. And, you know, unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, the, uh, the sport has adapted and, and just continued to advance. And so uh, if there's any marginal gain uh, that can be had, you know, from from training with with, you know, having some training partners that I have now here and uh, training at altitude and, and just having a little bit more access to the resources that I need to be successful. Like I couldn't couldn't continue you know, to leave anything on the table. And so, you know, we had to make the decision to uh, if I'm really all in, I had to to really be all in. And so this move was kind of part of that. I assume you might want to go back to teaching um, once your pro career is done. Are you, nope. do you have an end, do you have an end, uh, nope. end date? For your, no, no, I'm just going to keep. No, I'll, uh, I'll keep competing until it's, uh, it's no longer fun or I can't keep up with the young bucks anymore and, and no longer financially viable, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to return to uh, return to higher education, maybe, maybe do some adjunct something, but uh, you know, I've worked hard to develop this coaching business and you know, I think that's where my future lies. You know, the sport's been been really good to me and and uh, allowed me to to travel a lot. And and uh, I think I can give back to that a little bit through the coaching 
uh, side of things as well. You know, I've, I've never hid the fact that I want to win a world championship as an athlete, but I also want to win the, you know, have a coach, coach an athlete to a world championship. So those are my, those are my two goals. And, um, you know, that's where my career focus will lie, uh, after, after the sport, um, uh, after the competition side of the sport ends for me. I think you'd be a fantastic ambassador for the sport in, in some fashion. Uh, if, if you were to land, uh, land with an organization, uh, in that respect, yeah, I, I, I so personally, but I think options are always good. open. Yeah. So how many, uh, athletes do you have uh, that you're uh, coaching? Uh, right now we have 13 coaches under the, the Matt Hansen racing umbrella, and we have about 130 athletes total that are, are with us for them, you know, whether it's, you know, just through a training plan or just a part of the team, or they're being individually coached one-on-one. My, my sister has recently joined us and she lives in, uh, uh, Owain, Iowa. So she's one of our coaches and, uh, I've got a couple coaches in Texas, a couple, uh, in DC, one on the West coast. And then, uh, you've got, got three or four here in Colorado as well. Um, one in Minnesota or two in Minnesota, one in North Dakota. So we're pretty spread out where we do most of our, our coaching is, is, um, online or, you know, through phone text and that sort of communication. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of like to have people spread out around the different, uh, different triathlon hotbeds so I can access different markets. How did you, how did you uh, meet some of these coaches? Did you just kind of put out uh, flyers for everybody? Just kind of saying, Hey, I need, uh, I want coaches. Uh, you know, a lot of them have, have reached out to me and, and uh, the way I am trying to grow the business is to, um, you know, I mentor one or two coaches per year. And so that's, you know, I started with just myself and then I've added a couple of coaches each year and, and, uh, but they all have to go through a mentorship process. Uh, so I can make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm bringing on coaches who are going to deliver a quality, a quality product and do things the way I think is the right way, I guess. And so, yeah, that's the way I'm, I'm slowly trying to continue to, to grow. Um, and yeah, it's been a lot of fun. All right. Well, it sounds like that's uh, going great guns there. Uh, that's, that's outstanding. And I can see why you want to keep with it. That's, uh, that's quite a thing. And uh, talking to, to Carson, um, you know, he's in Taiwan. So yeah, yeah. If, if he can be in Taiwan, then yeah, you can coach anywhere. The technology has really changed everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. He's at a training center in Taiwan, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know he's looking forward to racing here. And I'm sure you are as well, Matt. Um, yeah. Appreciate all the time that you've given me. And uh, hopefully all your fans will come over to the podcast and listen and uh, check it out before the race. Hopefully. All right. Sounds good.